on November 10th, 1940, Key Denson Pittman, who was a Democrat senator uh, from Nevada, died. Oh, no. He suffered a massive heart attack just before the election on November 5th, and the aides were informed that his death, his death was going to come pretty soon. And so to avoid affecting the election, the press was told Pittman was hospitalized from exhaustion. And the rumor, which was said to be falsely reported, but to be honest, it's probably completely true knowing government and <laughs> politics, is that he died before the election and they kept his body on ice at a hotel until the governor, who's also Democrat, they're in the same party, uh, could appoint his replacement. Pittman also served as the president pro tempore as well as chairman of foreign relations committee. But the hotel that his body was kept on ice in, mm-hmm. allegedly, the Mitzvah Hotel, which is what this episode is on today. This is Country Roads Creeps. And this is an Olivia idea, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's an Olivia idea. She actually, so this is about two things that are on her list. Because one is next to the other. Perfect. Sort of. <laughs> in the same city. Um, and I'll get to that a little bit later. Um, do you want to say anything before we get started? Um, I don't think I have anything this week. Okay. Um, follow the Instagram and the Facebook page at Country Roads Creeps. Um, we appreciate it. We keep getting more people to follow. That was so exciting. I love it. Very cool. Um, growing. Also, it's the best way that people can like get a hold of us if they have episode ideas. So messages are open. Um, also, I just want to clarify like this episode is the dates on it are kind of shady at best. So it happens. The like, I'll get into a few points of like where I'm not sure, like that the that the dates in each source are necessarily correct, but um, they I I looked into a few things and I'm like, okay, well, this says that it happened this day or like this year, but it couldn't have happened because of this other thing that I'll get into it. So some. Um, um, not, not super like precise record yeah. keeping. No, not. This is the early 1900s. So yeah. Um, and there was probably a courthouse fire at some point. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just to be clear, if you, if you like, are you getting all comfy? Yeah, I'm straight up laying down on this couch. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta adjust. Anna has like burritoed herself into a a Snoopy blanket. That's a Halloween Snoopy. You have it's a mummy. Yeah. And it's a skeleton. Like I have a pillow, I have a blanket. I'm just Yeah. I'm going to sleep almost. And, uh <laughs> what's what's the name of the bird? Uh Woodstock. Woodstock. He's a mummy too. Yep. Cute. So I'm I'm ready now to listen. Okay. <laughs> so um but yeah, just just to be clear before we jump into it, the if you hear a year and you're like, well, that's not true. It's like, it's, well, probably not. And the reason it's not is because, like, it says it's this year, but I'll get into a few points where we know that it, I'll point out that it's probably not. Okay. Um. So if there's anything else that I didn't catch, then just know that's, that would be the reason. Are you having <laughs> my mic just fell on my face. Yeah. I think we're good now. You deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, regardless of like the years and stuff, right? The, it's a show about still ghosts be a good story. and hauntings and murders and deaths and stuff. Yeah. So don't get too caught up in all the dates because it gets confusing. Yeah, a few we're times. definitely not um, committed to one hundred percent accuracy here. We do our best <laughs> and just tell a good story. True. Yeah. <laughs> we do our best. Um, so, so like I said, that you got that guy, um, senator, who died. We, uh, we have a, a new 
tradition starting today of Ooh. speaking about politicians in their best light <laughs> when they're dead. So, okay. the Mitzvah Hotel. <laughs> this is tradition's going to last for one episode. <laughs> nope. Every episode. <laughs> All right. Maybe not every episode, but... Um, the Mitzvah Hotel is in Tonopah, Nevada. It's named after the Mitzvah Mine. Uh, the mining boom was sort of revived in Tonopah, uh, at least out west. Um, and this it comes after like 20 years of this economic depression. So the Mitzvah Mine, uh, the Silvertop Mine, and the Desert Queen Mine are some of the most famous in the area. Just kind of like a historical note. Some people might have heard of them if you watch History Channel like I do. So, um, <laughs> Watch the Aliens guy? No. <laughs> no. That's all disinformation ran by the government. So... <laughs> Anyway, okay. the, <laughs> the Mitzvah Hotel was built in 1905. Again, a, a shady date. Um, the actual hotel, I think, was built then, uh, but the saloon that I'm going to talk about in a minute came a few years before then. And that, that was the first like structure, the permanent structure in Tonopah, but came a few years before, and the dates are kind of all messed up. So, um, But the Mitzvah Hotel... And another building um, actually share the title for tallest building in Nevada. That's um, cool. And it's, this other building is the Belvada building. Um, they're both five stories tall. Mm-hmm. So then they shared the, for a while, the tallest buildings in uh, Nevada. And uh, that Belvada building was built as the Nevada State Bank and Trust Building in 1906. And so it was actually predated by the Mitzvah Saloon, um, like I said, which it says it opened in 1907. So the wiki says that, but that doesn't make any sense because the saloon was built years before the hotel, and the hotel, they say, was built in 1905. Right. right? And so, and the history part of the saloon is that it was the first permanent structure in Tonopah. So, which is like important. You have all these miners coming in and yeah. cowboys and farmers and, you know, people coming in. And the saloon is the first place that's actually like built as a permanent thing. So, um, anyway, the hotel was financed by George Wingfield, George S. Nixon, Cal Brower, and Bob Govan. And it was designed by George E. Holsworth. From Reno, Nevada, for those of you who don't know or have never watched Reno 911. Um, there's some other sources that state the architect was Moral, Moral J. Curtis, but it's not, not super important because we're not getting into a ton of the history of those guys. It's just historical stuff. So, Cal Brower, um, just a note on him. He was involved with a bunch of different mining companies, and he owned the Tonopah Banking Corporation, which had an office in the hotel lobby, and he was the director of the Bank of Italy in San Francisco. Nice. Good for him. I don't know how you get to be the the director of another country's bank yeah. in a, <laughs> like a foreign country. <laughs> it must have been a lot question. easier in like... 1902 or something. I don't know. Yeah, there's like probably not as much competition. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, probably not. So, the according to like legend, this is like old west mythos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, according to these stories, Wyatt Earp kept the saloon. Jack Dempsey was a bouncer, and Howard Hughes married Jean Peters at the Mitzvah. But Wyatt Earp left Tonopah before the Mitzvah was built. Um, Howard Hughes was married in Tonopah, but not at that hotel. And Dempsey, uh, Jack Dempsey, says he was never a bouncer. Uh, Jack Dempsey is a famous boxer, mm-hmm. if people don't know. But he actually, I saw some stuff on him where he got some fame as, so he was a minor, but he got some fame as a boxer. And some of his first fights were bare-knuckle boxing that lasted like 25 rounds. That sounds so, horrible. 
And I, actually, I don't like watching fights like that. So, you know, um, they still have like bare knuckle fights to this day that are like televised, like it's an actual, still a sport. I, so, I don't like that stuff. Um, they, uh, I watched a, a clip on it where this guy was like, well, because he's like an actual boxer with the big gloves. And so on those gloves, they're super padded and your hand is sort of opened a little bit. And when you punch, you have to figure out how to like close your hand just in time to make contact because you can't be as fast if you have your hands tensed up all the time. But in the bare knuckle boxing, you have to keep your hands tensed up all the time because if you don't, you'll break your hands. Is that like UFC stuff? No, like UFC is different. They actually wear like uh, it. It's not um. Oh, like little pad stuff. Yeah, but theirs is mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. So it's jujitsu and oh, all okay. kinds of striking sports. Yeah, I see. The bare knuckle boxing is just strictly like boxing, it's boxing but you don't boxing. have gloves. And okay, that makes sense. Super crazy dangerous. So, mm-hmm. um, and it, make a note about that because. We can talk about chromatic, not chromatic, what am I talking about? Traumatic brain injuries. <laughs> okay. Um, at the end, because I saw something about that that was insane. Yeah. But we'll talk about it at the end. Okay. So, um, anyway, so the, the hotel actually still has places named after these people. So, they, they've got the Jack Dempsey dining room and the Wyatt Earp bar. So, uh, I want to talk about Wyatt Earp. Because Wyatt Earp is a super interesting character. Um, he arrived with his wife, Josephine, in 1902, which is where the dates are kind of wrong. Because the saloon was there before, and then Wyatt Earp showed up a few years later. And he like kind of ran the saloon, or at least stayed there. But the hotel wasn't built until 1905. But then they say, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So this is where the dates get all screwed yeah, up. the timeline's messed up. So... Anyway, so he arrived in 1902, started, you know, kind of hanging out at this bar. Then, a few years later, the hotel was added onto it, I guess. Um, Anyway, we should probably do, like, a cowboy episode. (laughs) Okay. On, like, Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. Um, We gotta wear cowboy hats if we do that. Like, some shootouts and stuff, (laughs) because some of that stuff is really crazy. They've actually, there's some, like, pretty insane legends that come out of, like, cowboy stories. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and they've also got some pretty interesting, like, spooky folklore for cowboys. But Oh, yeah, for sure. Maybe it doesn't, like, fit into the scope of our show, but... No, we can do it. It's our show. Also, yeah, I was going to say, I put it in my notes. I was, like, I was like <laughs> typing this out, like, I don't know if this actually, like, fits, but it's my show. I can talk about whatever yeah, I want. You want to talk about cowboys? We can talk about cowboys. So, it's fine. I, I am a grown man who thinks that cowboys are way cooler than they probably are. I'm going to put that out there. I feel like they're pretty cool. So. They work hard. Yeah. Uh, well. And they shoot bad guys. <laughs> anyway. I don't think they do that anymore. D, they still do. <laughs> um, the Mitzvah Hotel has a normal looking website. They don't really lean into the whole ghost thing like some other websites for haunted hotels do. Kind of seems gimmicky, I guess, to me. But the Mitzvah actually just seems like a nice historic hotel. Like they have their hotel is basically like here's a big historic hotel. We've been around for over a hundred years, right? Um, and they've got like really nice amenities. Um, and you can actually book uh, the Lady in Red suite where they talk about seeing the ghost. But other than that, they don't really lean into it a whole lot, which I kind of appreciate. So. Um, according to the USA Today, which is only as credible as you want it to be, the Mitzvah is the number one most haunted hotel in America. And it's rumored to be completely infested with ghosts and strange occurrences have been happening for its entire life, the entire life of the building. So um, the funny thing about it is like whenever you look up like most haunted hotels, you, a lot of people haven't heard of this one. Mm-hmm. But I it's almost it. it's almost always listed as like in the top ten of haunted hotels. Really, even some of the lists that I found out, I looked through like five or six different lists. Some of them listed above the Stanley Hotel. 
Really? Which I think think the Stanley Hotel might be a little overplayed just because of The Shining. Yeah. That's fair. Maybe I'm wrong, but still. So, uh, let me talk about some of the ghosts that are, are in this hotel. So, the current owners, uh, the Kleins, kind of welcome the ghosts and all the people ghost hunting and stuff. Um, and they actually say that the ghosts like encounter, uh, like interacting with the guests, and the guests like encountering the ghosts. Um, and there's, so there's a pair of ghostly children who haunt the third floor, and they're known to play pranks on the guests and are most often seen in hotel rooms and hallways. And there's a bunch of guests that have reported hearing giggling and hearing their doors open and shut on their own. And there's an unnamed soldier who haunts the third and fourth floors. His name is unknown. And all that is known about him is that he died at the hotel. But I'll say this. Now, Olivia is a big fan of uh, Sam and Colby, those YouTubers. Yep. And they have like this huge channel that's dedicated to ghost hunting and stuff. So they, I kind of understand why she likes them now because I was looking uh-huh. at some stuff for this and I ended up doing like a whole binge of like, I watched like five hours videos? of ghost hunting. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, there's some ghosts in the basement of the hotel. Um, and Naturally. Yeah, there's always ghosts in the basement. Everywhere. All the time. Um, and Flowers in the Attic. Oh. That's a movie. Yeah. Is that? It's not the same thing. Is it? What is Flowers in the Attic? Mm, it's weird. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. I know that's a movie on Netflix. I don't know what it's about. It's weird. Is it? We'll talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is it like kidnapping and stuff? Mm, it's just strange. Oh, geez. Sad and bad. Now I feel bad about mentioning <laughs> it. I thought it would. I was like riffing off the off the dome, <laughs> and here we go. You're like, yeah, no, it's really depressing and sad and weird. So I didn't watch it myself. I read a, like a synopsis about it and was like, oh, no, thanks. Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, most famously, the hotel is haunted by a ghost who the guests have deemed the Lady in Red, which is where the Lady in Red suite comes from. Um, there's a lot of accounts of different ladies in red all over the place. It's kind of similar to the lady in white who's usually cited in rural areas and associated with tragedies, car wrecks, etc. Uh, the lady in red is usually associated with prostitutes or wronged or murdered lovers. And so the lady in red in the Mitzvah Hotel is said to be the ghost of a prostitute who was either killed by a client who beat her to death or killed by an ex-boyfriend, or an ex-client who was jealous and caught feelings, or killed by her husband who caught her cheating after he missed a train. So, Those are all very different reasons. Yeah. Uh, nevertheless, she was killed by a guy. That's somebody. sad. But um, this particular haunting was featured on season five of Ghost Adventures. Shout out Zach Bagans. Um, most interestingly to me, though, is there's two bank robbers who were murdered during a heist by their co-conspirator, and their ghosts are said to haunt the basement, giving cold chills and a strange sensation to visitors and staff who happen to find themselves there. They, the bank robbers got murdered at the hotel? Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess they like fled there and were hiding there? Um. E, maybe. Okay. I couldn't. I couldn't find a ton on that particular story. Yeah, that's fine. I think either they had robbed the bank and their co-conspirator killed them afterward, or maybe killed them beforehand. Who knows? But mm. um, there, those are the ghosts in the basement. We still don't know who's in the attic. But <laughs> um, <laughs> so the you know the thing about the uh, the lady in red though is. So, like, on the Sam and Colby video that I watched, they they put, um, they had their two friends with them who were girls, and the lady in red would not talk to them. Really? Would not interact, yeah. So, if you're listening, after this podcast, go look at the Mitzvah Hotel episode of Sam and Colby on YouTube, and uh, they 
they go into the lady in red suite and they're, you know, they're like trying to talk and interact and stuff. Sam and Colby are in different rooms and they're having all kinds of activity and these girls aren't having anything. And so they're like, she's just ignoring us. And then they go to another part for like their final investigation and they're doing this thing with like a spirit box or whatever. And they're like, do you want the girls to leave? And she's like, yeah, they're competition. So hmm. she, it's interesting. the ghost thinks that they're competition for money because oh. she's a prostitute, I guess, was the whole thing. So anyway, that is not all for the town. There's more hauntings. Right down the road lies the Tonopah Cemetery and the Clown Motel, which is also on Olivia's list. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that. And there's the curse. The curse? Yeah, the curse. Oh, no. We love a good curse. So, the curse, Tonopah curse, town curse, I guess, um, comes from the Tonopah Belmont Mine Fire that happened on February 23rd in 1911. The fire was noticed at 5.50 a.m. And after an hour of looking for it, they discovered a pile of timber burning near the bottom of one of the shafts. So the shafts, the way they're constructed is sort of hard to envision. Mm -hmm. Um, And I couldn't really find a good picture of it to post either, but there's two shafts. The one is upcast and one is downcast. I don't know what that means. And like I said, I was trying to figure out like, how they're arranged. Right. I think side by side and they connect in different places. But um anyway, they the superintendent of the mine told everyone to go to work because it was in a separate location and they could ignore it. So they were threatened with being fired and that was enough to force them back into the mines, but the fire started spreading. And men were told to withdraw everyone except for the people actively fighting the fire. But these are confused, stressed out, untrained men trying to remedy this disaster. Right. And some of them are disobeying orders, so that makes even more problems. And it caused more men to become trapped in the mine. And so, kind of back to the construction, the the two shafts caused a reverse current of air. And so, that made the fire spread faster. And the miners couldn't escape with how fast it was spreading. And so 17 miners died. 14 of them are buried in the Tonopah Cemetery, where visitors report orbs, disembodied voices, and other strange happenings. But the so-called real haunted hotspot is located right next door, the Clown Motel. Here we go. And then in my notes, oh, hang on. Let me get to this first. The Clown Motel features an entire gallery or showcase or something full of clown figurines and art. No, thank you. And the huge sign has a clown featured on it. And you would think they could make it not so scary, but it is. And I'm not really even scared of clowns, but this mini in one place is definitely like unsettling. <laughs> Are you posting a picture of this? I did. Oh, the, okay, I posted a picture of like the gallery thing that they good. had. Yeah. So <laughs> that's funny and weird. <laughs> and then in my notes, I wrote hold up in all caps and they have their own history page. And then I wrote double hold up. And this is so the Tonopah official website for the city has a bunch of stuff listed with uh, this like. All of these things that you can do. They've got a cemetery walking tour. Ooh. We love a walking tour. Hmm. I'm speaking for you. <laughs> yeah. There is over 300 graves there. And I'm just going to read this from their website that covers what the tour includes. Um, the um, Bina Veralt, who is an incredible woman running from the law in New York City who ended up dying in Tonopah. She currently haunts the Visitor Center at the Tonopah Historic Mining Park. George the Devil Davis, the first African-American in Tonopah, a political leader and an integral part of the community, he was known for being a joker and a prankster and is rumored to still be playing pranks at the Tonopah Liquor Company. The 
Marojevich brothers, who were both killed in a mine accident at the Belmont Mine. Big Bill Murphy, our local hero, who was killed in the Belmont Mine fire of 1911 while rescuing others. Tom Logan, Tonopah's sheriff, a very popular man with a reputation for being honest and fair. Unarmed and wearing only his nightclothes, he was killed by an assailant outside of a brothel in Manhattan, Nevada. And the Merton brothers, three brothers that died within two years of each other, and the town of Tonopah came together then, as it does now, to take care of the family left behind. And they have a myths and a facts section that I'm also going to read from because this uh-huh. is some of the craziest stuff. So, they, people say that the old cemetery closed down because it was overcrowded. Um, it's not true. The cemetery closed as the tailings of the Tonopah extension mine kept washing over the graves, destroying the headphones. The headphones? The headstones. <laughs> what did I say? Headphones. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Roll it back. <laughs> the mine was planning an extension of its operation and wanted to prevent the cemetery property from expanding. And they donated the property of the new cemetery that is still in use today. Um, a lot of the people buried in the cemetery died to a mysterious plague, also known as the Tonopah Plague, that occurred in 1902. So, the truth is, the plague was a huge number of deaths in 1905, not 1902, due to pneumonia and assumed to be a result of lack of sanitation, especially close to the slaughterhouses. Uh, 56 people died between January and April, according to the Secretary of State Board of Health, in his report to Governor John Sparks after an article in the San Francisco call about the pneumonia scourge in Tonopah in 1901-1902. The Tonopah Daily Bonanza replied with a correction, arguing that they find the 27 deaths due to pneumonia between May 1901 and January 1902 in relation to a population of 1,500 not a heavy mortuary rate, and there is nothing mysterious about the pneumonia cases in 1901 or 1902 or 1905 as they were well documented in the local newspaper. Now, listen. <laughs> okay. I think that's a cover-up. Yeah? Because pneumonia is like a respiratory thing, right? Yeah. It's in your lungs. Yeah. People's like livers were turning black and getting rock hard. Ooh, gross. So, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think that's typical with pneumonia. We are known to be medical experts, though. <laughs> oh, so forgot. I mean, we pronounce all the words correctly. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, the headstones have always listed the causes of death, which is a myth. Um, the cause of death was an added feature in recent decades based on historic research conducted by historian Alan Metcher of the Central Nevada Historical Society. The cause of death was not listed on the original headstones. Only about 30% of headstones are original. Many headstones were rebuilt by the Tonopah Conservation Crew under the guidance of Mesher, with old material giving them an original look. Many of the graves were marked by Mesher using dowsing rods, an old technique employed to locate groundwater or other disturbances in the ground, such as grave sites. The technique proved to be accurate with when the plot map was found years later in an attic in Round Mountain in the late 1970s. Now, listen. I didn't know that dowsing rods were used to find... I thought that was hokey stuff. I didn't know that they were used to find gravestone or grave spots so you would think right that if because i thought it was hokey to find water but people found water with them and i thought that the whole thing was like oh the spirits are leading us and they'll cross whenever we get over it's just because there's a disturbance in the ground right so that's that's just fake so now i'm disappointed even though i already had a predisposition that it was kind of hokey So, anyway, the Clown Motel has their own history section, which is pretty interesting. So, the this has starts in 1942, um, 
and there was a bunch of fires in the in the Tonopah area, like namely some of these mine fires. Um, there's a guy named Clarence David who died in the Belmont Fire of 1942, and he was buried in Tonopah Cemetery, and he just so happened to have a clown connection coll- coll- collection. In 1985, Clarence David's children, Leona and Leroy, opened a motel next to the cemetery where their beloved father was buried. They displayed all 150 of their father's clown collection. It's so and many. And it was an instant hit. It's too many clowns. In 1995, Bob and Deborah Perchetti bought the motel, and guests left reviews saying how good of a host Bob was. And how you could tell he was really passionate. Oh, excuse me. He was really passionate about the town and the history. So he's a cool guy. In 2015, the Ghost Adventures crew came to visit. And they caught some things kind of of note. Um, there's a dark apparition, a shadow person type thing. Uh, there's a voice saying, hello, it turned on while they were using a spirit box. And on the video... um they had one of the clown's figurine's hands move off of its leg without anything touching it entirely by itself. So, after that, cool guy Bob Perchetti said things really took off, and people started to donate clowns and book their own stays at the motel to see the spook show for themselves. So, there's a guy named Christopher Sabella, who's a writer, and he started a Kickstarter to fund a month-long stay in the motel to experience the supernatural for himself. And he wrote a comic book about his experiences. Uh, there's a guy named Joseph Kelly who directed a short film where these, this group of like young, I guess, college student-age people are stranded. And they stay at the Clown Motel, but they unwittingly leash, unleash an evil clown spirit. So I'll have that. No one likes that. No. In 2017, the Prochettis put the motel up for sale for $900,000 with the strict condition that the motel must remain running and the owners have to look after the clown collection. So the Mayhars bought it in 2019 and they have been experienced hoteliers, is the word, uh, and they have been doing renovations and plan more improvements to the hotel or the motel to honor the legacy. By the way, do you know what the difference between a hotel and a motel is? Um, I mean, motels are smaller. I don't know the technical mm, differences. Is the, the motel, like, you access the room from, like, the outside. Yeah. And hotels, you go in, down a hallway and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, on the booking page of the website, all of the rooms have, like, clown murals. No. And, like, different themes. Uh, like Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Some of them just have like weird art pictures and clown drawings. Yeah. But some of them have like clowns everywhere on the walls. And so every- scary. Um, anyway, it seems like really reasonably priced. Mm-hmm. You can book a stay for yourself. That's good. So this episode is sponsored by the Clown Motel. <laughs> I wish. Um, so also just some notes. Um Tonopah is nationally recognized as one of the best places in the United States to experience breathtaking stargazing in the darkest skies. The Tonopah Stargazing Park just so happens to be some of the best stargazing in Nevada thanks to minimal light pollution from area city lights. They say on their website, you don't need any special equipment, just your eyeballs, but it would make a really great location for star trail photos and Milky Way pictures. That's good to know. um, Very dark. Um, actually voted like some of the darkest skies in the United States, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think that place, there's a few other places out West and then you've got, um, Green Bank here in West Virginia. Yeah. Cause they have the, uh, the observatory there. So by the way, whenever I went to the observatory, when I stayed there, when I was in high school for a couple of weeks, we got to like stay out on the, uh, like where they have the, some of the telescopes at and you can like see them aiming themselves over at the uh like different stars but you can see like the stars going overhead it's a very kind of an unsettling feeling watching stars like that just lay on your back because you kind of you can almost at a certain point start to feel the earth rotate you know what i'm saying yeah 
And so it's also even more scary if you like kind of think of yourself as like, when you look at space, you're looking down into space. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> you're being held up by the earth. So if the earth wasn't holding you up, you would just fall out into the space. Were you? So. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. So if you just, you're like, the earth's just holding me up, like I'm stuck here with glue, watching stars rotate underneath. It's crazy. Anyway, the Belvada building that I mentioned in the beginning, uh, it was a state bank and trust building until the nationwide financial panic hit uh, four months after the building was completed. And the owner, Thomas Rickey, was arrested and indicted on embezzlement, and the bank closed. And so in 1908, the Nevada First National Bank of Tonopah moved in. And I guess it's since been converted into another hotel. Non-haunted, as far as I can tell, but who knows. Yeah. Um, And Tonopah also has a turquoise mine where you can go dig your own turquoise. So that's it. Oh, that's pretty cool. End of the episode. (laughs) Dig your own turquoise, make some jewelry or something. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You want to go there? I do want to go there. I want to go to Tonopah really bad. Melinda likes to go out west. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe we'll go and I'll push her in a mine or something. Don't say that. You know what's going to be the worst thing? What? Like, if we ever go anywhere and she gets hurt, yeah. podcast isn't going to do me any good. No, it's incriminating. So. Um, I think I would pass on the Clown Motel, personally. It's a cool, cool place, it sounds like, but not for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you're in it for, like, a creep show. Yeah. Go to the Clown Motel. Seems cool. Seems like they have good owners. Um. I would probably prefer the mitzvah, but you know. Yeah. Yep. That's interesting. So. Um, are we circling back to traumatic brain injuries? Yes, traumatic brain injuries. So, speaking of um, bare knuckle boxing, right? <laughs> okay. So fighters often have CTE. So. Yeah. Um. Or, like. Uh, traumatic brain injury tbis and so the problem with that is that like number one it's bad for you like you can die from it but also it totally changes the personality sometime so oh for sure there's actually a story about it one of those guys from like civil war era who had like a spike or an arrow or something through the brain and everybody said he completely changed his name was phineas something yeah we're reading about that so traumatic brain injury um, I think if you, this is going to be like a weird reference, but do you remember who Chris Benoit was? He was a famous WWE wrestler, like when we were kids. Mm-hmm. So he like murdered his entire family. Mm-hmm. And people say that it was probably because of like, he probably had some kind of psychotic break because of his traumatic brain injuries that he suffered while yeah. WWE wrestling. But um, a lot of UFC fighters have this. Now have uh, um, like big concussions that really mess them up for a long time. They have uh, like their ability to remember stuff is impaired. Their yeah. ability to retain information and learn new information is impaired. Their ability to just move around like normal is impaired sometimes. Yeah, depending on how severe it is. But also they can have like these psychotic breaks where like they kill people. And, uh, but somebody, I watched a clip of this doctor who talks to a lot of like, um, football players, um, UFC fighters, all this stuff. And he was like, you know, a lot of people think that traumatic brain injury only happens when you get a concussion. Like for a long time, it was when you get knocked out, that means you have a concussion, but that's not necessarily the case. You can get a concussion without being knocked out. But what they said was for a long time, Well, if you get a concussion, that's fine, as long as you don't get knocked out, because if you get knocked out, you're going to have one of these TBIs happen to you, probably. And then what they found out was, like, actually, no, um, your brain's pretty tough, but if you, like, they're like, how many times have you been hit, or how many times have you been tackled where you just felt, like, rocked, like, you kind of, like, you get dazed a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. That's a traumatic brain injury. Every single one of those little things is your brain hitting the wall where it's not supposed to hit. Mm -hmm. And so that equals a traumatic brain injury. You get enough of those, 
it's going to happen to you. Especially like some of the guys that, um, like special forces soldiers and stuff that, um, like whenever you breach a building, they use their, uh, um, like those, I don't know what they're called, but they're like breaching charges that are held on with like duct tape. Or if they're just using like normal C4, a lot of times they would stand pretty close to it and you could feel the shockwave. They always say you can feel the shockwave going through you. And they knew it wasn't the best in the world, but they didn't know that they were giving themselves concussions every time they did that. Right, right. And so that that was like a new revelation that they had. So yeah, um, so yeah, tra- uh, traumatic brain injury is no good, and uh, it's a very scary thing to happen. So anyway, that's uh, it's good. That's I know like it. a little bit about the the traumatic brain injury and the CTE just from reading all those stories about like people that turn into serial killers and stuff. A lot of, a lot of those had like brain injuries as children or, you know, as they got older Mm -hmm. and like a lot of football players will get CTE from repeated concussions and get personality changes and stuff. So you got to be careful with your brains, people. Yeah. And when you get one of them, take care of it, wear a helmet Mm -hmm. and be safe. (laughs) So you don't have a personality change. Yeah. So that's uh, that's over the episode. We actually came in pretty pretty short today okay. on time. That's so. okay. I think you did a good job. I mean, some new stuff. We haven't really done yeah. too much on haunted hotels. <laughs> nope. And there's two today. Yeah. I liked it. Good episode. And we're going to be going into our holiday break here pretty soon. Oh yeah, we didn't. Um, we never said it. I meant to say that. I meant to put it in my notes to mention it, but okay, yeah. let me pull up the calendar really quick because we talked about it. And uh, so, episode we record today, the um, this episode will release on this Thursday, the 16th. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of dating us, but um, we are going to, we do every other week, so it's not really going to mess us up for Thanksgiving. Right, because um, we wouldn't be recording next week anyway. So we're going to record on the 27th. That episode will release on the 30th. And then we will record on the 4th. That episode will release on... No, we won't. We're going to record on the 11th. <laughs> well, they don't need to know when we record. Just say when the episodes are coming out. Uh, it'll come out on the 14th. And then we're going to skip the next one. Because the next time that we would have one come out would be Christmas. So. I don't think that's right. It would be right after Christmas. Mm. Okay. So we're going to skip that one and we're going to come back on. I think we said the. We're going to record again on the 8th. And put one out on the 11th starting the new year. So It doesn't really matter. (laughs) We'll be around. Yeah. We'll be around. You'll still have episodes coming. We're just slowing down a little bit after the cryptid extravaganza. Yeah. So. Yeah. Back to normal a little bit. Back to normal episodes. But unless I'm like totally misdoing my math. It's all right. That's all subject to change. Yeah. It's our show. (laughs) Yeah. So. No. The man can't keep us down. (laughs) So. That was pretty good. I'm going to be thinking about creepy clowns for the rest of the night. Yeah, um, which is really good considering you just said, actually, both of us had the same dream last night. We said, yeah, weird. Yeah. So we maybe had, we both had a dream about like getting robbed or getting the house houses broken into. Yeah. Which is unsettling yep. <laughs> for um, us both to have a dream like that. So maybe it'll be a clown. Maybe. I sincerely hope not. Yeah. I'd rather it just be a dude than to be a clown. A, a clown's worse, right? Oh, way worse. Do way you, worse. Do you think clowns, like, I'm not really scared of clowns. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know no, people No, but have, they're, like, a little creepy. Yeah. I'm not, like, I don't have a phobia of them like some people do. But Yeah, I know some people have, like, that really visceral reaction to clowns. Yeah, yeah. I understand, like, the scary clowns. Right. But normal clowns I don't really have a problem with. Yeah. It's definitely creepy. I wonder if that has anything to do with, like, the um, Uncanny Valley thing. No, I think they're just unsettling. Yeah. Um, 
Do you know which episode you're going to do next time? I have no idea. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. That's good. <laughs> It'll be a surprise for everyone. I think, um, as per usual, we mentioned like a long time ago. I don't know if we mentioned it on the show, but for like the last episode in December, if we did like a Christmassy kind of thing, like um, the Solder Children. Oh yeah. Because though they were killed or kidnapped or whatever on uh, Christmas. Yeah, and is, did that happen in West Virginia? Yeah, Fayette yeah. County. Yeah. So right down the road. Yep. Yeah, maybe something like that. Or do that more in December. Yeah, that's what I mean. But yeah, I already got uh, all my episodes for the next year and a half planned out. So no, you don't. I don't. (laughs) You have like the next two. Uh, Three. (laughs) No, not the next three. I don't know. I'll. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure eventually I'm going to pick something, but... Well, you're farther than me, anyway. I really wanted to do some on some serial killers. Yeah. Um, but I might want to wait until the next year to do that. So... And then I'll just do, like, every other week it'll be... A series. A, a Shane episode on, like, weird killers. I've... Yeah, I was going to say, as long as it's still weird and not just, like, a true crime series. And by... By a serial killer, like a series, I have two specifically that are super weird. <laughs> so okay. That's it. Huh. That, yeah. Um, well, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. So, and then we get to start on some real good stuff. Yeah. Like conspiracies. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Like, no. <laughs> like the moon. No, we're not doing the moon. <laughs> The moon is real and not hollow. No I, what Shane says, the so moon is real. <laughs> I follow um, some pages that post like uh, NASA footage all the time. With, oh, I know. Because you no, send me stuff. <laughs> so, well, I send you those ones, the crazy ones. There's a few that I follow that share like the NASA footage where like there was one recently where somebody, uh, um, like some lady astronaut lost her tool bag in space just like floated off and she's like on the radio like yeah i lost my tool bag that's funny (laughs) and and then people they were like so what like the caption was like what happens to is it like junk in space and people in the comments were like they'll probably just find it at the bottom of the pool because the conspiracy is all the iss footage is filmed in a huge swimming pool that's so (laughs) I, i mean they the i guess the proof for that the only proof for that is that there is a big swimming pool with a replica of the ISS in it where they train. Yeah, fair. But like, and so the conspiracy is that home. that's what the ISS actually is. And all the footage you have of the ISS is that. No, we're not even entertaining that. Pick something else. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. That's. <laughs> There's some conspiracies that even I can't believe in. And that's saying something. Yeah. So space is. Sort of real. Sort of? Yeah. What do you mean, sort of? Have you ever been there? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We're not doing Space that. is real. <laughs> so, I do like uh, the hashtag, though, space is fake. And the, the problem with, like, some of the hashtags, though, is that, like, every social media platform blocks them. Yeah. Stuff like Hollow Moon, <laughs> Flat Earth, Space dumb. is Fake. <laughs> And they block them, and people are like, they're trying to hide the truth. And it's like, you, uh, at a certain point, you're like, you know what? <laughs> like, Maybe they are. <laughs> not that maybe they are. Maybe, <laughs> maybe there's something that they're getting to where, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no. where they're like, we don't want them finding out that, like, oh, actually, the space is real, but it's so full of aliens now that we have to keep a hologram over the entire Earth to make everybody think it's just normal. <laughs> normal space? Yeah. Not alien-filled space. Yeah, so... That's funny. Mm-hmm. Um... That's it? That, yeah, that's it. I was trying to think if there was something else. Uh, maybe not. Maybe that's just it for the episode. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's it. It just feels weird to only do, like, a 50-minute episode. No, that's a good length. Quick, talk for another 10 minutes. No, we just had some long ones during October, but that's that's a good length. We can wrap Yeah, we did have up. some long ones, both of us, mm-hmm. talking about stuff. 
especially, I mean, Hannah takes forever to say <laughs> anything. <Jeez>. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, definitely not me. Couldn't be me. <laughs> so, um, I do have something creep to share. Oh, go ahead then. Um, saw deer today, actually, at the range. Mm-hmm. And it was bent, like a bent neck kind of deal. Ooh, no, 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 no. Like sideways? No. At the head? Like, if you know how, like, no. a puppy will tilt its head? Yeah, like, I hate It was that. like that. That's scary. And that was creepy. And I couldn't tell. Like, I was like, is it making eye contact with me or is it just looking my direction? Yeah. And you don't want to get close enough to find out. Yeah. So, and also it had really sharp teeth and hands. So. <laughs> and then it stood up on its hind yeah. legs and then it ran at you. <laughs> no, but it was like sideways, like when a puppy hears a sound. Yeah. It's like, huh? Just enough to be a little unnerving. Yeah. I was like, that's not a deer. <laughs> Except it looks like one. Quacks like a deer. <laughs> I will give a hint on a future episode really quick. Because you were asking me about it earlier. And I couldn't remember uh, what the thing was. And now I'm ready to remember. It's one word. It's a one word hint. Are you ready? Yep. And I'm not even sure if I can pronounce it correctly. Naturally. Yep. Uh, Jennifer Tenga. Shane. What? Thanks for listening and follow the Facebook page and the Instagram page of Country Roads Creeps. Send us messages on what you want to hear in the future and leave us a five-star review on your preferred podcasting platform. I'm Shane. I'm Hannah. This has been Country Roads Creeps. Be safe driving home. Watch over the not, dear. Bye. Bye. <laughs>